right, buddies. Welcome to the first ever live recording of a Mostly Harmless podcast. I guess it's not live if you're listening to it a week or two or a couple years later, but this episode today was recorded live in front of a studio audience at Mutiny Information Exchange in Denver, Colorado. Now, Mutiny Information Exchange is co-owned by Jim Norris, who co-owns Three Kings Tavern right here in Denver, Colorado. And luckily for me, it's both are uh, just a... just a few hundred steps away from my apartment front door. Thank you to Jim for helping setting this up and making this happen. Mutiny Coffee Exchange, it should be your place in Baker, the Baker area of Denver for coffee, books, comics, records, and more. It's a killer place, killer vibe, love it. They do live shit like this all the time. They do shows. It's an amazing little uh, venture there for my buddies there. Uh, thanks again to Matt also from Mutiny for helping make this happen. Everybody at Mutiny was super awesome, super cool, super tiny little place, and we made this happen. Uh, thank you to the 25, 30 people that showed up for uh, me to make an ass out of myself asking questions of one of my favorite bands. And thank you to 2 Cat Garage for showing up and making this happen. As we'll talk about in today's episode... None of this this podcast probably would not be happening at all if it wasn't for Shane and Micah and Murph and the Two Cow Garage guys. Oh, and don't forget my good friend Vanessa Jean and Michael Dean Dameron. Um, without without you guys and that little adventure we went on, this this wouldn't be happening. So thank you to all you guys. Uh, but very very special thanks for this recording today goes to my good friend Mr. James Freeman. Now, James is the guy you'll see holding the recorder at shows. He records shows for a living. He contacted me and said, hey, dude, I see you're doing this live podcast. Can I record it? And I'm like, absolutely, you can. Uh, the original idea was I was going to record some of it. He was going to record some of it. We're going to edit it all together. But the stuff that I recorded straight off the PA into my laptop sounds like fucking muffled garbage. It sounds like this. It sounds terrible. And I'm, I apologize for all of you that just heard that in your earbuds and then uh, blew out your eardrums. But no, uh, James recorded it with his uh, semi-professional music recording gear, and uh, it came out great. Now, James runs a blog called That's the Thing About That that you can find at That's the Thing About That which you can find on mostlyharmlesspodcast.com because I'm going to link it and I'm going to throw him on my buddy's link page, which I don't know. I can't believe I haven't done that already. Uh, he's got all kinds of live recordings from like uh, the first one right here against me at uh, Riot Fest in Denver. He's got the replacements on here from Riot Fest in Denver. He's got, uh, let's see, he's got like Queens of the Stone Age first show ever in Denver. This guy goes... He goes to shows and he records them, and he uploads them for free to listen to, like bootleg style. He's the man. Oh, here's one. Public Enemy Live at Inglewood in 1999. Man, this guy's got everything. It's a killer blog, killer dude. Uh, I'm very happy to call him a friend, and this honestly would not have happened. You wouldn't be listening to this right now if it wasn't for him because my audio sucked because the audio in today's episode is not very good. Why isn't it very good? Well, because Two Cow Garage was getting tattooed all day. Uh, they showed up a little bit late, a little bit on time. We didn't do a sound check. We didn't test anything. We just kind of like plugged in stuff and went for it. Uh, but James saves the day as always. This is a very special episode thanks to him. But again, thanks to Jim, Matt, Mutiny Coffee, 
Mutiny Information Exchange. I keep wanting to call it Mutiny Coffee Exchange. Should be maybe that should be the name. Mutiny. Anyway, uh, thanks to Two Cow Garage, some of my best friends in the world, and thanks to James for making this happen, and thanks to you guys who came out. Uh, I mean, I can't believe it. I've lived in Denver for less than two months, and I had like twenty-five people come out to listen to me ask a band I like questions and listen to them play four or five songs. Uh, and those songs at the very end are going to be killer. Here, let's just name those songs real quick. We got a uh, Hey Cinderella, sung by Micah at the very end. Uh, that's on the newest record, Death of the Self Preservation Society. Uh, we've got Nobody Asked to Be Born by Shane Sweeney. We've got Swing Set Assassin, one of my favorite Two Cow Garage songs. And then Shane sings what he calls New Song. I'll learn the name, and we'll throw it on the mostlyharmlesspodcast.com webpage. And then all three of the fine young gentlemen cover Strangers by the Kinks. That's what we got for you today. So we're going to go ahead and open this bad boy up with the theme song, which normally plays first, but because today's episode is a little different, we're th- we're fucking freaking things up. Uh the theme song is written by my old roommate and one of my best friends, Mr. Jared Moore, under the name Boner Party. Uh, and basically, it's about how much we hated each other when we lived together in Colorado Springs when we were 20 and 21 years old. And uh, thank God we're friends again. But, man, sometimes you just shouldn't live with your friends. I've talked way too long as it is. This is Mostless Harmly by Boner Party, the most harmless theme song. And then stay tuned for us hanging out at Mutiny Coffee Exchange. We're going to talk with the guys from Two Cow Garage for about 20 minutes. And they're going to play about 10, 15 minutes worth of songs. It is well worth listening to. The audio is a little rough because, again, we didn't sound check. We just kind of made shit happen. You're going to hear all about it in the show. I'm going to shut up. Let's listen to Boner Party. Hello, friends. Welcome to the live Mostly Harmless podcast episode here at Mutiny Information Exchange. Uh, this is the first time doing it. It's a very special episode because we got the, my buddies in Two Cow Garage over here hanging out. Uh, they're one of the main reasons why I'm doing this silly thing. Um, about two years ago, I went on a short little week jaunt with these guys. We went to, well, I met up with them in Little Rock, Arkansas with Mike D from uh, I Can Lick Any Son of a Bitch in the House, and we traveled all the way back up to Denver for the uh, Sweet 16 and final Suburban Home Anniversary Show. Um, and then through that week, we spent you know a couple days in dirty, dark, dingy motel rooms talking about life, the universe, and everything, and drinking tons and tons and tons of 3-2 beer. And, uh, and then through that trip, I got home from that trip and was like, man, there's something missing from my life. I need to do more than just fucking work a shitty job. And I started interviewing bands again for the first time in like 10 years. And a lot of it had to do with these guys here. So I'm very fortunate that they're here for the very first live one because uh, they're pretty much the reason why I'm doing it to begin with. Um, Micah was on the second episode. We got incredibly drunk and talked about everything in my apartment at about 4, 5 o'clock in the morning. And, uh, and then eventually he said, dude, I got to go to sleep. We got to stop talking. 
Um, so it, I'm here today because of these dudes, and uh, let's bring them up to the stage. We got Micah, Murph, and Shane. Welcome. Sit wherever you like. So what's up, guys? How's it going? Good. You got to talk into that. Um, So you guys went to Johnny's tattoo today and got tattooed. What did you get tattooed today, Micah? Uh, I got a key on my palm. It says chaos is key. Nice. Yes. (laughs) Now, is that your right hand? Yes. Is that the one you use the most? Yes. Yes. Probably wasn't the best move. Probably not the best move. Cowboy style. Uh, so how are, how are you guys? Good. Doing well, man. Great. Yeah. I'm going to pull up my notes that are here on my phone. Um, we're sitting here, we're drinking PBRs. This isn't sponsored by PBR, but I'm curious. You guys are fans of cheap, shitty beer. Yes. Yeah. Do you remember your first beer you ever had? I think it was a warm ice house. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I'm positive it was a warm ice house. It was, uh, <laughs> It was disgusting. Yeah. Mine was late. I didn't have my first beer until I was 20 years old. I remember your first beer. And we had our first really good show, and we were on the porch, and Shane had brought a six-pack over after the show. And I was like, well, I'll try one. Victory beer. And I drank two of them and immediately threw up in the shower. <laughs> That's a totally true story. That's a true that story. <laughs> oh, I turned it up too loud. I should have sound checked before we did this. Check. This is all going to be edited. You can't edit live, Damien. Yeah, I can. <laughs> all right. So, uh, God, this is off to a great start. <laughs> so we got these questions. They're on my phone. I'm not texting here. Um, so yeah, you remember your first beer? When did you fall in love with beer? When did you start enjoying it? I. High school sometime. Just kept drinking it? Yeah, I think started out with warm Hornsby's somewhere, and I, I don't think I've had a cider beer since. Uh, but, you know, found, found other routes. I think my second one was cold, and I come from a long and distinguished line of alcoholics, so <laughs> I just fell right into the family tradition. <laughs> so you guys started this band 12 years ago. Yeah. When you look back at those naive little kids, I know you didn't think you would go this far. Like you just went, you just got home from Europe. Um, but when you look back at those years, what surprises you the most about that whole journey you've been on? Um, the, uh, that people care at all. You know, like I have, yeah, like his hat. Yeah, my hat. Um, no, it's weird. Like even it's been 12 years now, and I still every time we show up to a club, I never expect anybody to come. So it surprises me every single time. Like, this is crazy. There are people here right now. <laughs> I wouldn't think that that would... I never assumed that. So it's surprising every single night that people show up. It's surprising me that you eat green things now. <laughs> you eat green things? Yeah, occasionally. I try not to, but... Is that the girlfriend? Her yeah, influence? a little bit. Yeah, and I'm old now. I used to be a young man. So I'm like, eat two apples in one month. Yeah, that was that was groundbreaking. <laughs> have you have you started like hamburger? Do you still pull the lettuce off? Uh, lettuce can't touch it. It can't. Okay. it's contaminated. I remember you and me were at uh, Mo's barbecue, and they they fucked up your order, and you freaked out and wouldn't eat your barbecue. I didn't freak out. You didn't freak out, but you yeah. gave it to me. We were still drunk. Yeah. Well, that was the night after we did that first podcast. Yeah. Was, yeah. Woo! 
good times. Uh, what about what about you two? Well, you just joined the band, Murph. Yeah, um, I'm going on going on three years. Now. Three years? Yeah. What's your favorite moment been so far on this this journey? My favorite moment? Yeah, man. Um, right off the bat, playing the band's uh, ten year anniversary. You were down there yeah. for that one. Uh, was cool, you know, for me. Uh, just you know, you gotta understand. I come from many years of standing up front, spilling beer on myself, watching these guys play, and uh, you know, then all of a sudden learning forty some songs or whatever. And having to like you know doing quick homework and having a couple nights of banging stuff out that was pretty big. And then uh, this is also my first time in Europe uh, last month, and that was pretty eye opening for me. Uh, kind of weird sometimes, but and I mean really weird sometimes. <laughs> but uh, very cool. Thanks. And I still have your set list. It's not on my wall right now, but it's still framed. It says like. Drink a beer, eat a soul, something like that on the, on the set list. <laughs> sounds about right. Yeah, yeah that, that might be at the very end of 40-some songs. Yeah. <laughs> Half an hour. Um, so, Micah, your father is John Snable. He's a fairly well-known musician in, uh, in Columbus, right? That's your dad, right? Yeah. I do have my research right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's my pops. Yeah. Um, he's a well, a fairly well-known musician. What kind of influences he had on you and your career? He cursed me with uh, being a folk singer, I think. I'm not wanting to be, I want to write really cool pop yeah. songs, but my hands don't, or my voice don't allow me to. Nice, nice. And I blame my father. But no, it's probably, it's probably good, probably better off in the long run. Sorry, tweaking. Tweaking? Tweaking the, yeah, well, I'm tweaking very hard on coffee and beer. Uh, but no, tweaking the sound. It's feedback. Uh, so, Shane, yeah. let's talk about your dad a little bit. Is your dad... Last we talked, has your dad has your dad uh, seen a show yet? No, no. Your dad has never seen you play. No, he's a really nice guy. <laughs> nice. I guess I don't know. That's what other people tell me. I haven't spoken to him in like twelve years. Really? Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry to hear that. We talked about this on the episode of the podcast that you and me did that I deleted promptly. Yeah. My my uh, SD card deleted. The best. Yeah, probably. I don't remember actually doing it. So. Um, now, when you look at a relationship like Micah has with his father, you get jealous at all. No, no, no. I mean, things are the way they are, you know? Like, you, uh, my grandfather was my father figure, and, and he's an amazing guy, and I named my son after him. Mm -hmm. So I had a father, it just wasn't my actual biological father. <laughs> and my dad actually sees Shane as like a... I think he likes me more than you. Yeah, he de <laughs> he's definitely way nicer to Shane than he is to me. He's very supportive of Shane and his endeavors. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Except for the one time I played a song, I had the, my solo record, and he walked up after the show and was like, hey man, I really like that Bob Dylan song you wrote. <laughs> <laughs> but he writes Bob Dylan songs, so he can't really throw any. I've heard his records. <laughs> now, Murph, are your parents supportive of the life you are leading right now, bartender and drummer? Extraordinary? Yeah, they, they're, they're cool with it. They enjoy seeing me playing. You know, it's, it's uh, one of those things. My mom is always tolerant of me banging around on drums or, you know, trying to learn to play a horn or a piano or something in the house. I was always making some kind of noise. I was that weird pots and pans kid, you know, so she just learned to tolerate it pretty early. Um, my dad yeah, probably rather see me, you know, swinging a hammer or something, but what are you going to do? 
Yeah, you have a nice beard though, so that's all that matters. Yeah, it's a good beard. Come on. <laughs> and uh, I get it out for like two weeks, and I go feral, and it just—it's like I sneeze too hard one day, and the beard just shoots out. It's kind of weird. Nice. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna back to back to Shane a little bit. Uh, Jackson is your son, named after your grandfather. I didn't know yes. that. He's got his name tattooed right there. Yeah. See it through the V neck. Um, that's why I wear V-necks so I can show off my sweet tats. You should. <laughs> uh, so, what have you, what, what have you applied from your relationship with your father to raising your son? Well, I mean, I, I, I already knew the wrong way right. to do it. You know? <laughs> so, uh, even when I'm not there, like this is the traveling thing is a lot, but even when I'm not there, like being present is such an important thing like so we talk every day and you know on the, the days that we can't talk it's not much fun but but you know even being in Europe like we have these robots that do things now like that you know like we, I spoke to him face to face almost every day it's, it's really important just that he knows that he's loved and that I'm even when I'm not there I'm actually there now so when what, he hates me, I can put this all back on him. Like, Man, I wrote you letters. I was there all the time. Now my favorite two cow song is, of course, Jackson, which you wrote. Um, what was it like for you going through watching him have a kid, and what inspired that song? I, I hate to use the word inspired, but that is such a great song. Oh, thank you. What was going through your head when that happened? Well, I just growing growing up, you know, and watching you, your you know your best friend go through this life changing event, you know, and obviously doing what we do that affects, you know, the thing that we've been doing for, you know, seven years at that point, eight years, and, uh, yeah, we sat down, we were at the tree bar in Columbus, and we sat down out back, and he told me, and it was like, it was just a growing up moment, you know, it was like, life is changing, we're no young, no longer in our early 20s, you know, like, we're starting to get older, and life is changing, and I guess just trying to, basically what he just said, like, explain these things to this person yeah you know do you still tear up when you hear that song Shane uh it means a lot to me and the first time that Mike had played it for me we were in the studio recording that record and uh and I cried like a like a kid you know I was drunk and stupid and I cried like a kid but I think it became a thing where people wanted to hear that song to see me react to it instead of wanting to actually hear the song, so I've tried to, like, uh, as much as the song means to me, I've tried to, like, I even sing on it now, you know, they've tried to, like, pull back and not make it an event. (laughs) So we're still talking about loved ones. Um, You guys spend most of your time traveling musicians. How do you prepare for that time away from your loved ones? Um, How do you just keep getting in the van and leaving them behind? That's my natural environment. Yeah, and I've been doing this since I was 19 years old. Like, this is just my everyday. You know, being at home is the uncomfortable situation. When I go home, uh, suit, I have a dresser that's full of books, and I have a suitcase that's in the van right now. That's all my clothes in it. I do laundry. The suitcase sits in the corner. The clothes go right back in the suitcase. I'm home for three days, three months. I live out of a suitcase even at home. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> 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 yeah, right. So um, we've we've talked about uh, music being like a drug. It's a, uh, especially on those road on the road in those shitty hotel rooms. Um, we talked about you know like you're up on stage, you get off stage, it's euphoria. You can't escape that feeling. 
Um, I'm in it for good, and I don't even perform, but I get that feeling. Um, uh, what is the question I'm asking here? Oh, I'm just curious. When, when are you not on stage? Are you the same person as who is up there? I think I'm probably, personally, I'm probably the most honest while playing songs. Because that's the, like, on stage is the one time I can be what I think I am in my head. That's what I like. <laughs> or, say, or say, you know, act and, yeah, and say the things that I actually want to say. I don't have to, you know, be polite. I can be a bit of a jerk in a song. And that's okay. Sometimes people enjoy it. <laughs> Add a little hook in there, and they, the, those dudes are singing along. Um, so you two, in particular, Murph, you're still a new addition. You guys have been playing music together for what, 13 years, 12, 13 years now? Now I know you both have solo records, but do you think you could ever make music like, like, break up and never make music together again? Yeah, probably. Yeah, that's not the answer I wanted. <laughs> not, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. But we're gonna. We're all if we break up, then something really bad happens. Right. <laughs> Fuck this guy. And all, th- all three of us. <laughs> all three of us, no matter what would happen with this band, would continue to play music and make music. So, you know, like if I died, you would still put records out. Yeah, under two cow garage. Yeah. So we can sell so many records. <laughs> Just find another guy with size right? yeah. Kind of play the bass. Now, is Wolverine your personal uh, stylist? Oh, Green Lantern guy, actually. Yeah, I know, but you have the mutton chops. Like, uh... Look, I've had it for years. It's, a, it's kind of my thing. <laughs> okay, so you guys just put out a new record, Death of the Self-Preservation Society. That's probably about, you know, going on the road and losing everything, right? Is that how, what no, that means? That's no. kind of the idea I got about it. Yeah, like, no. Like, I, I'm self-preserving myself <laughs> by staying at home and getting a real job and going out on tour and throwing everything away. Uh, no, it, it's kind of, I mean, a little bit, but you're not throwing everything away, but it's, uh, people are always kind of saving for a rainy day, you know, and, and saving for a vacation. They're going to take two weeks out of their whole year, and that's going to be the big deal, and it's like... It's just about waking up every day and trying to live and go enjoy your life because that's all there is, you know? So stop trying to preserve for this later date when you're going to go and have fun, you know? Just go live right now. Get off the couch. Right, right. Do something. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I could walk outside and get hit by a bus, you know, and it'd be done. It's very likely on the street, too. Yeah. So, I mean. <laughs> so, uh, most bands make it or break it by the time they hit their sixth record. <laughs> Did you we guys, make it yet? I Did think. Make it? What that's 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 <laughs> coming. That's coming. Does this make it? No, well, I mean, this isn't Conan O'Brien by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but yet, you guys are still plugging it away. Um, at this point, are you still chasing that no, next level? Yeah, I mean, always everybody is. To. Yeah, always, constantly. We had a friend of ours that was out with. Um, oh, he was out with Tom Petty, and he was talking about sitting at a table in the green room with Tom Petty. Tom, Tom Petty, yeah. and he's sitting there like, Tom, not your neighbor, like actual. Right, like Tom Petty is saying, he's like, man, we're just trying to figure out how to get to that next thing, you know, that next level. It's like you're Tom freaking Petty, like what? But you know, if you stop trying to be better and trying to get to that next level, then why would you be doing it? You know. And we just had this conversation actually at Johnny's Tattoo Shop. We were one of my favorite bands is a band called Grand Champagne. And they put a record out called The One That Brought You. And they're lazy and they don't put records out ever. <laughs> but this is a brilliant record. And I was talking to, you know, one of the... The guy who sings the most songs, there are three dudes who sing. 
and I was like, man, this record, I can't stop listening to it. It's amazing. He was like, yeah, it's pretty good. And I was like, well, you know, what, what do you, you know, what do you not like about it? He's like, well, if I liked it all, why would we make another one? <laughs> it's totally true. <laughs> now, uh, Sweet Satan Me is probably one of my top five records of all time. Uh, which is weird to say in front of you guys because it sounds like I'm pandering and kissing your ass, but it really, I really do mean it. Um, how challenging was it to, in the shadow of that record, to go in and record this new one? I don't, Did you even think I about things think like about, that? No, I don't think ah. about things like that. Like songs, like when we're home, I just wander around the house, pace around the house and play guitar. And sometimes songs pop up. I never really think about what kind of song or is it as good as the last one or stuff like that? Years ago we had a conversation about this actually in Des Moines, Iowa and we were parking the van or something it's totally mundane and Mike was like I can't do it I can't try to recreate what we did on the last record and people like that and that's fine he's like but I don't want to try to do that and I was like we shouldn't try to do that and then we made our next record, which was completely different than anything we had done before, because we both decided to say, fuck it. If we're not growing artistically, why are we doing it? You end up being Joe Queer. You end up being Joe Queer. Yeah. I said it. That's it. I said it, too. I was right behind you. So the new record sounds completely different than everything else in the past. Um, even the name, you guys have slowly started calling yourselves TCG. Yeah, trying right. to take some of the poison out of the Two Cow Garage. <laughs> and, and the guy who named Two Cow Garage is here. Yeah, right yeah. yeah. Right thanks, buddy. <laughs> Appreciate it, man. Great, good work. Um, now you've got Murph. Murph is a new addition into this this record. Do you guys think of yourselves as a different band under this moniker, under this new uh, direction? Is or is it uh, just, you know, it's just evolution. evolution. It's just evolution. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Murph brings a whole new level of musicality to, to this. <laughs> to, you know, like, <laughs> you know, uh, Shane and I are more like strong arming music. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know? <laughs> like, it's totally true. But then Murph brings in yeah, musicality, a lot of it, because he comes from like the marching band background and stuff, so he has all that knowledge and stuff. But that adds a whole new layer of things to us which is a lot of fun starting to delve into you know like. and even having a third person to harmonize with singing and stuff like, right. I mean I hate him <laughs> but he's pretty good at it now Murph uh, what is it like jumping into this well oiled machine like you did the 10 year reunion or reunion anniversary shows in Little Rock um, you jumped in learned 40 covers what is it like to jump into a machine that's I mean these guys are so well oiled it's oiled it's good, man. It's it's a, uh, I don't know. I I like a challenge. I like a lot of work, you know, when it comes to it. So when you have this pretty large back catalog of stuff, and, you know, and be able to learn to play something on the fly, or learn, for lack of better words, to kind of bullshit through something when you have to, come um, in and and you know, with with these guys having done this for so long, and you know having a pretty decent foundation for themselves already. It's it's a nice spot to jump into and it's still very open for for creativity. You know, it's it's not like you were talking about this new record sounds different than the last one. A lot of them sound different from each other. There's no there's no specific thing that everything has to be or has to sound like, you know what I mean? So 
Um, it's nice. There's a lot of kind of freedom to try different things, see what happens, or maybe even make a tweak to a song that's three albums old, you know, and, and kind of, hate to say, rediscover something, but, you know, just to try new stuff with old stuff and try a lot of new stuff with new stuff. Um, it's, it's cool. It's a good spot to be in. And I take it you, Murph is, is probably going to be in the band forever, yes? I hope so. Unless it's spontaneously combusted. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you guys can see there's a little chain on this stool back here. Someone's got a key. And, you know, <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Shane, one last thing before I... Uh, um, on this new song, this is the question I wrote. Shane, you seem to be hitting the Motown extra hard on this record. Yeah. Your songs in particular sound almost nothing like anything you've ever done. Where do these songs, where, where does this new direction for you specifically come from? I mean, I, I've always listened to a lot of soul music, always. But uh, when we were having early conversations about making this new record, we don't ever really talk about what the songs are. We just expect that we're going to come with songs and work on them. But like the sound of a record and the feel of it and how we want to uh, go about recording it, we actually talk not as much as what you think we would, but enough. That's what we talk about mostly. And, and so with this one, we really made a concerted effort to record it like a Motown record. Like uh, we went in and did the drums and then the bass and then vocals so that guitars weren't killing everything else. And then we came in and put some guitars here and some guitars there or just all Wurlitzer or whatever it was. So we were, as a, as a whole, we all three made a, conscious effort to make it to record it like a Motown record and I think maybe just because I was listening to doing the dishes a lot listening to uh, not even Sam Cook, like uh, I can't remember the name of the guy he was well you guys are going to play these wonderful people who have suffered through me asking you guys dumb questions uh, what can you tell us about these songs you're going to play? Do you even have any idea what you're going to play? No. Oh. <laughs> what are you going to play? You know um, How about some new stuff? Yeah, yeah. Well, I will, I'm going to get out of the way because I'm going to go run the soundboard. But I'll let you play these songs. Um, we played a, a festival down in uh, Florida last year. And I had to go with the promoter to get paid. We had to go with the promoter to get paid afterwards. And... It was after a show, so we were in whatever condition, and um, I had to get the check from the accountant lady, and I had to sign for it, and I just signed an X, I guess kind of being a jerk. I didn't mean to be a jerk. You kind of being a jerk. It's kind of being a jerk, but funny. It was funny. <laughs> so we picked up a large, a decent sum of money, and I just signed an X, and she got a little aggravated at me. This song is not about that at all, but it's a good story. <laughs> Left as I signed an X on the signature line on the back of the check It made me feel like Elliot Smith with that knife inside his chest Cause all my friends are settling down with a white picket fence and a little pink house I'm living next to a Chinese restaurant, dodging my landlord and scraping up change Hoping poetry can save us, or at least heal our wounds Before the stitches rip and our hearts become our nose 
goes Hey Cinderella, the slippers broke and the ball was a buzz And these fairy tales leave us all just schoolgirl crushed It's one for the money, dear Two for the insincere Three for the honesty that makes them both just disappear Yeah, yeah, yeah Singing your grandfather's words and dressing up like Steinbeck characters is only irony when poverty's a dirty joke you've never heard. Well, I've been coughing blood since July, but I can't afford to find out why, but Ace Freely has a book deal. The spaceman works in mysterious ways. When I'm first in the rule of three, the antibiotics are on me. I've got to stop taking myself so seriously. Yeah! Hey, Cinderella, the slippers broke and the ball was a buzz. And these fairy tales leave us all just schoolgirl crushed. It's one for the money, dear. Two for the insincere. Three for the honesty that makes them both just disappear. Yeah! Yeah, yeah! One for the money, dear Two for the insincere And three for the honesty That makes them both just disappear Yeah! Hey, Cinderella, the slippers broke And the ball was a buzz And these fairy tales Leave us all just schoolgirl crushed Cinderella, just go back to bed These fairy tales were all in our heads Left us here with no one we can trust Well, I think you guys are just patiently just hanging out No, we were, we're just, um, you know, watching him play Thinking like, what the hell am I gonna do? This is a song that sounds like a really sad song. Son of a bitch. <laughs> hey. Uh, this is maybe the happiest song I ever wrote. But it's called Nobody Has to Be Born. Uh, this guy I went to high school with was a total prick in high school. He, uh, <laughs> he OD'd. And, uh, and he had like three kids, you know. And he married the homecoming queen. And every, every word of this song is completely literal. They walk through the halls keeping people afraid And then the homecoming queen and three kids that they had Now have a habit for a mother and a ghost for a dad 
I guess they still whisper his name But nobody asked to be born Don't wander the dark wondering what you're here for Nobody asked to be born Nobody asked to be born And John put that gun in his mouth The whole town so proud the day that it shipped out Well his body came home But his nerves they did not Took a hero's courage to fire that shot. But now there's just a flag blown over his grave. But nobody asked to be born, to wander the dark, wondering what you're here for. Nobody asked to be born Nobody asked to be born And Laura had something to say They said, Barry Dean, boy, you should be ashamed But she left the door open for the whole world to see That every man and every woman should be who they feel they should be And that you don't have to kill to be brave Cause nobody asked to be born To wander the dark wondering what you're here for Nobody asked to be born well, Nobody asked to be born Nobody asked to be born Nobody asked to be born Thanks for coming out, guys. This is great. Yeah, this is awesome. really cool. Thanks, Damien. Yeah, thanks, buddy. Thank you, guys. And thanks, Jim. I don't know if Jim's still here, though. I feel like Tesla. <laughs> Shh.
She was a playground princess back when we used to dream. I was a swing set assassin full of juvenile schemes. With these clothes picked by my mother, handed down from my big brother. But I kept my hands folded till the day I turned 13. Well, then we listened to the Beatles, cause that's what you're told to do. When you're young and empty and you haven't got a clue. With the white album from my mother and rubber sole from my big brother. And don't question Mr. Lennon boy, cause he gave his life for you. Well then I cut my hair and I dyed it black while my friends were getting stoned. And I wrapped myself up in black flag and flew it as my own. Yeah, but my poor worried mother with the phone calls to my brother. And in the end, punk rock just left me empty and alone. And so now I'm fear and loathing on a Sunday afternoon. Well, I drink enough to be Catholic, but the mornings come too soon. With the phone call from my mother, with the advice from my brother, that Jesus is just another word for nothing left to lose. Um, <coughs> should we do? What do you want to do? No. You want more than with the strangers? Yeah. It's all about Micah's new hat. Yeah, <laughs> really into his new hat. Yeah. I'm really into his new hat too. I like it. Like a, like a detective. Is there a story of the new hat? Is that No. He went to a haberdashery. Yeah. <laughs> we were in Amsterdam a few weeks ago. And he had been searching all of Europe for a good hat. And surprisingly enough, we stumbled upon it. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Did, to play did now. Did you bought that one? Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Don't listen to him. I like it. Uh, yeah, this is a song. It's a new song. Should have given up that scene and watch the ashes fall from your cigarette. What could that mean? And you made your way from this one to that. 
may clean In a parking lot confessional night I was hoping against hoping that I got the words right I guess I never know enough to let it be Seem to take it all too far as if it's little hell and ounce of regret, all dying stars. I made a promise that I let you go back, and I played that card. But I'd really love to see you today And I'm hoping against hoping that you feel the same way I guess I've got the wool on my back For one more scar And I'm not saying that you owe me more Than what we've had And I know that it's no good to become a world record fan I'd like to break all of these tensions down before they end in spite But I'd really love to see you tonight And I'm hoping against hoping that you're doing alright I guess I could just always fade in the back line mm -hmm. mm -hmm. mm -hmm. No, no, poison <laughs> Not extreme, poison We have before we did it once at a place called Cafe Bourbon Street. Actually, Jeff's band, Tree of Snakes, they did this residency at this place called Cafe Bourbon Street in Columbus, and uh, he asked us to play one of them, and we ended the night with uh, "End of the Road." That happens. <laughs> it wasn't very good. <laughs> Going to, I don't mind. I've killed my world and I've killed my time. So, where do I go? What do I see? I see many people coming after me. So, where you going to? I don't mind. If I live too long, I'm afraid I'll die. I will follow wherever you go And if you're offered and still open to me Strangers on this road, we are wrong We are not two, we are one 
been where I just come from the land that brings losers all. So we will share this road we walk. Mind our mouths and be where our talk. To peace we find, I'll tell you what I'll do. With everything I own, I'll share with you. And if I feel tomorrow like I feel today, well, we'll take what we want and give the rest away. Strangers on this road we are. We are not two, we are one. Thank you, everybody. What time do you guys play tonight? Any idea? Uh, play the Lions Lair. Later. At, at Lions Lair time. Ten. Uh, yeah, ten. Ten sounds good. Yeah. Uh, thank you, everybody, for coming out. Hopefully, thank I didn't make guys. too big an ass of myself. Thank you, guys, for being wonderful. Hey, I love you, you guys. Even your hat. <laughs> uh, I. Uh, if you give a shit, I bought some t-shirts from the old zine I used to do. They're over here. They're only five bucks. There's some free zines that I've written for and the one I made. Uh, thank you, the gym and the Mutiny Cafe guys, for letting us do this little thing here. Uh, if it doesn't totally suck, we'll do it again. So uh, thank you, everybody. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this down now. Thank you.